Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Thanks for tuning back into another episode on GEMS Podcast. In the hot seat with me today is Matthew, aka Chef Matt Basile. And here's a bit about Matt. Matt Basile is the founder of the Toronto-based street food brand Fidel Gastros, author of best-selling cookbooks, Street Food Diaries, and Brunch Life and was the host of the internationally aired reality TV show, Rebel Without a Kitchen, seen on Netflix, the Travel and Escape channel. As a chef and food entrepreneur, Matt has recently reinvented himself in the food space as a creative consultant, product and recipe developer, and content creator. Matt is currently working on his next big project set to launch later this year. No matter what he's working on in his ethos will always be different in an industry steeped in tradition. So without further ado, please welcome Chef Matt Basile. You nailed the last name. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, Chef Matt. And before we dive into what um, launched you into the entrepreneur industry uh, as a whole, and then you just being a chef and working around all these yummy treats, I want to get to connect with you on a personal level via either. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So I'm going to give you two options here. We can play a rapid fire 10 question game or break the ice up front. Which would you like? Give me that rapid fire. Woo. Okay. Here we go, y'all. Numero uno, dream car. Uh, A 1970s Mustang convertible. Okay. Two, favorite food. Cheeseburgers. Three, favorite color. Orange. Okay. Four, if you could black. Orange or black. Okay. We can rock with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm a big Halloween fan. So. <laughs> or if you could go anywhere around the world, money was no option. Here's the kicker though. You just found out they're no longer flying back to your home destination. So where are you going? They're never flying back ever again. Well, as, as far as right now, there's no flight. Deal. Hawaii. Get me to a beach. Uh, I've always want, I've had more dreams take place in Hawaii than anywhere else in like in my life of dreaming. So uh, I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to go to Hawaii at some point. Five, name something crazy that you've done in your life. Oh man, when I was, uh, when I was 16, I got my nipple pierced in Austria uh, and the guy was smoking a cigarette while his dog was in the room and son was playing video games all at the same time. I immediately regretted that decision after I made it. Oh my gosh. Are they still pierced now? No, no, no. I, <laughs> I used to do wrestling in universities, so they almost ripped out and I was like, you know what? I don't need these anymore. And I took them out. Okay. Took them out. The sixth, if you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be and why? Wow. Um, 
I'm going to go non-work related because we're going to talk about work. But when I was 18, uh, I'm a big wrestling fan. I was at WrestleMania 18 and I got to see live Hulk Hogan and The Rock. It was one of the most incredible moments in entertainment history. As far as I'm concerned, there was like 80,000 people there. It was, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. And I've never, yeah, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. So I'd love to do that again. That is super cool. You had me at The Rock because I was like, he is so dreamy. And Um, this is like when The Rock was just a wrestler and had only done like the mummy returns at this point. Like he was like, he was not an actor. He was, he was full-blown wrestler. But yeah, it was just, it was, it was incredible. Whether you didn't even have to like wrestling to really feel what was happening that day. It was wild. Seven. If you could have dinner with anyone living or dead, who would it be? Uh, I would love to have dinner with my, uh, my grandfather. He passed away about seven or eight years ago. Uh, he's kind of a, a huge foundation as to who I am in life. So I'd, I'd love to have dinner with him again. Eight. So are you a coffee, tea, or smoothie lover? Definitely coffee. I have no time for tea uh, and smoothies just get in the way of my cheeseburgers. So coffee. <laughs> Woo. Knocking back that Tim Hortons. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unsponsored. <laughs> Nine. If you could be a fly on the wall, Chef Matt, and listen to any conversation, whose conversation are you eavesdropping in? Are we talking present day or in history? Like, can I go back in time too or no? Either or, you can make it fun. I would love to be a fly on the wall and listen to Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld mapping out what was going to be the show that they inevitably made, which was Seinfeld. I'd love to know how that first conversation uh, went down. I'm such a big fan of the show and their irreverent humor. So that'd be a lot of fun for me. Super cool. Now, this is the pass or play question. Number 10. If you play, I ask you one last question. If you pass, the roles are reversed and you could ask me a question. So do you want to pass or play? I'll play. I'll play. I'll keep it going. Okay. So 10. Let Let me make this fun. Oh, okay. This is a good one. You're on a deserted island, right, Matt? Everything in is Hawaii. <laughs> okay, in it, could be in, it could be in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. There is a gift shop. Your funds are limited, and you could only buy one item at this gift shop. And here are your options two bananas and one mango, your favorite CD, or a piece of clothing. What are you buying? Uh, I ask a lot of questions. So I like, it's very circumstantial. Like, did I go to this island naked? Like, do I need the clothes? Like, it, like, cause then I would say probably the clothing, but if my clothes are fine, um, I'm assuming I'm going to need that food. Like the two bananas and mangoes that's, and especially if it's on an island, so we're in a tropical climate, the banana and the mango is, uh, not being shipped in from somewhere else. So it's a, it's a local, uh, product. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the bananas and the mangoes. <laughs> Love it. And thank yeah. you for playing <laughs> rapid fire. Now I knew this was coming too, because I just listened to a few of your podcasts this morning before we did this. So I was like, I'm like, I wonder if it's the same questions. <laughs> yeah, some were the same. Some I jumble yeah. up because I do everything on the cups. 
cusp here. So now let's jump into our segment, the meat and potatoes of this conversation. So what makes Chef Matt Matt, so walk us through what led you to get started in your entrepreneurship journey, because there had to be a time in your life where you said, you know what, enough is enough. I could do this for myself. Well, it's, it's funny you say that. I was actually just having this conversation with uh, my, co- my cousin, uh, actually my girlfriend's cousin, you know, because he's getting into uh, his career. He's like in his early 20s and he's been doing a lot of internships um, at really big companies. And he was talking about how they're not as like fulfilling as he thought they would be. And I was like, you might want to try going to do an internship at like a smaller company because at a small startup, you wear way more hats, you're way more involved, you'll learn more. You know, I think it's real. So the reason why I said this was he was then asking me about like, you know, what made me want to be an entrepreneur uh, at such a young age. And I was, I was 26 uh, when I started my, my company. Um, and when I, I decided to quit my job and, and to pursue um, a career in food. But it really comes down to this voice you have where you're like, I can't turn it off. And ultimately, I had a very hard time being one person when I got up, a different person when I went to work, and then a different person when I came home. I really struggled with that because I felt like my career and my personality needed to have more blending. (laughs) Like we needed to be kind of closer to being the same thing. And if you've met anyone that's had to work with me over the last 10 years, they'll tell you the mat you meet in a meeting is the same mat you see on TV, is the same mat that's cooking on the lot. So, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be something I'm just kind of existing now and that's allowed me to have a lot of incredible opportunities but uh, the separation part of uh, what makes chef Matt me and and not someone else is uh, you know this wasn't really my trajectory like to be a chef it wasn't my I, I, I I'm self-taught I did not go to culinary school I did not work in a restaurant and move up the ranks uh, from dishwasher to prep cook to you know, garbage, like I did not go through the ranking that is uh, traditional when you're, when you're in the food business. Um, because to, to your earlier point, I was more motivated by being entrepreneurial than I was about being a chef. I just happened to really love food. And to be honest, it was the only thing I knew how to do. It was the only thing. So I was like, I'm pretty, I, it's weird when you're saying like, I want to be self-employed, but I don't know what else I can do for a living. So um I had a couple options, but the only one that I really felt made sense was getting into the food industry. And then you listen to the people that are closest around you, right? And everyone, all of my best friends, especially my, my best friend, uh, who's still my best friend, and he's so grateful that I, do, I, I ended up doing this for a living because like we would just be doing uh, you know barbecues in the summer and we'd be outside and you just see how happy it made me to cook for people. Um, and that really... And, and he was always like, like, you should be doing like this way more than what you're, what you are currently doing. Um, and ultimately like that sentiment fuels every decision I make uh, as an entrepreneur. Uh, I really love feeding people. Um, that is the most important kind of like single note of my, of my, of my day is like, okay, like 
how do we get to feed more people this way? Like, I, I, you know, what, what can I bring to the, the table, so to speak, very literally and figuratively, um, that allows me to kind of, you know, give people uh, an opportunity to eat uh, really, really fun food. Um, and, and that's really what motivates my day because every day is different for me. Um, and it's very un unconventional for being a professional chef. That is amazing. And when you left that job, like what were you doing in that past job? Sure. Um, I was in advertising. I was a, I was a writer, oh. a copywriter. But, it, uh, oh, sorry. Oh. No, no, no. Because that's interesting. So you were in advertising and now mm -hmm. you're in the food industry. Like that background definitely pairs well with where you are because you definitely know how to market and sell some of the things that you're doing now. Do you think that, you know, being in that industry previously helped you now in the food industry by any chance? One million, one million percent. There's no, everyone will tell you that, that knows me because, and that, that's seen my trajectory and my growth. They were like, oh, like it was actually more beneficial to come from an advertising and marketing background than it was from a cooking background. Because now you're thinking of it in terms of a food business versus just, you know, grunting it out in a kitchen and being a process-driven individual. You know, you learn those things. I, I, I put myself in kitchens. I learned and acquired those skills. But in my, my, my DNA, um, I was an idea-driven individual who constantly looked to uh, be creative and really push the boundaries uh, of, of what was kind of normal um, in our, in our, restaurant industry and and that was you know that was true day one when I started the company and it's true 11 years later um, and there's been a lot of growth and a lot of changes and I am notorious for when things are like starting to get comfortable immediately just changing them on the fly um, because I hear um, sorry one quick second here um, yeah like I, I just I I get bored and I need to constantly re-engage um, with what's going on. Mm, super, super cool. So, okay, this is so interesting. So advertising, now the food industry, and then just your love and passion and your best friend. It sounds like your best friend was definitely a conduit um, to you propelling in this area because he saw something inside of you and he wasn't going to allow it to lie dormant, but he was going to push you and, um, help you accelerate it. And I think that's the beauty of having friends in your circle that can see more than you can see. And that will call you to rise up higher in those areas. So when you think about like the creativity that stems from you just wanting to do something new every day, like where do some of those creative recipes come from, especially with you not coming from the quote unquote culinary school background, but you just have sure. a drive for it? Well, I think, I think you actually just answered the question, right? Because I didn't have a culinary school background, I wasn't taught like the classic recipes that every culinary student is taught in that process most of them lean into french cuisine um and so it's like when i come up with a recipe 
I'm thinking in terms of what do I want to eat and how can I make it like unique and different and fun. So um, I, I rarely put those boundaries on myself. And then again, it goes back to like my advertising days of like, how can I develop a product uh, that's memorable, that people can connect with differently. Um, that's still familiar though. And it's not too outside the box that now you've like kind of excluded people and you're like, what is going on here? So, you know, the food industry is a, is a remarkable one, you know, because you really need to operate and think like, you know, super locally, because you could be like, I love to travel. Traveling is how I develop a, you know, a continuing education as a food entrepreneur. But it's so normal to see something somewhere else, try and bring it back, and it just doesn't work, right? Because it's just not the right timing. And you just have to kind of gradually in, you know, introduce new ideas um, and really see what's going on in the marketplace. And you never want to do exactly what's happening, but you want to do something that's different, but not so different that it, it scares people away. So when you first got into the entrepreneur space in the food industry, what challenges did you face, um, Chef Matt, and how has it made you a better chef personally as well as professionally? So my initial goal and my initial business plan was to open up a sandwich shop called Fidel Gastro's. Like that was the idea. So when I was still working, I was developing this business plan because I was like, that's it. I'm going to work on it and I'm going to make it happen. All my friends loved it. Family loved it. That best friend, you know, uh, he was all over it. He's like, this is great. You killed it. Like, so I got a, a meeting with the bank and the bank was very fast to shut me down. They were like, you have no experience. You have no equity or assets or money. You're a huge risk, huge liability. The restaurant industry has a 75% failure rate, if not higher. Like it's an absolute no for us. We are not investing in you. Have a great day. And I was like, oh, like that sucks. Like, you know, you put a lot of heart and soul into this project, this idea. You want to see it um, happen. And I just was like prepared to walk away from it. So I like threw the thing aside, went to a party Coincidentally, that same friend was the one that invited me to this party. Um, we're at this party in an area of Toronto, which is where I'm from. That's the homes are just all open concept. Like they're designed for entertaining these houses, this part of the city. And so I'm there and there's a lot of people in the music uh, industry there, the DJ booth and people are dancing and break dancing and doing rap battles and taking shots at the bar. Like it was a, it was a party and um, they were going to order food. They opted to ask me if I would want to cook instead of them ordering in. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like I'd be honored to like totally fine. So grabbed ingredients from the fridge, started whipping things together. Um, two people were watching me as I was cooked. Two became five, five became 10, 10 became 20. Next thing you know, half the party is like surrounding this like island area, help you know, watching and asking questions and everyone's high energy and people are jumping in, helping out, jumping out. And I was like, maybe that's the, the business plan. Like maybe if I can't open up a location, I'll just like be experiential and kind of do these kind of moments uh, wherever I can throughout the city. And like that in theory became the business model uh, day one. I revised the entire business plan 
I was able to fund it completely on my own. Um, and I just started like trying to make deals with every venue, any event, any market possible to just sell sandwiches off of a table. I didn't know that I needed like business insurance. I didn't know that I needed a license. Like there were so many things I was missing, but what I did have was a really passionate uh, work ethic. Uh, I, had a, I had an okay product. I'm not gonna say it was the best product. It was an okay product that got much better over the years, um, but I had a great idea and people were really attaching themselves to the idea of what I was creating. And that's where the whole advertising thing really helped out. Super, super cool. I almost wonder if this friend like did it as a setup because he wanted to like see, oh, let's see what Matt is capable of. And he's like, hey, do you come to this party or whatnot? And he kind of like, okay, I'm going to put him on the spot so he could see like why he needs to be doing what he's doing. He's not that uh, deep of a thinker, unfortunately. He was probably (laughs) just like, I I need a wingman and... (laughs) Matt's my wingman, you know, Um, but it's really interesting because I'm a big believer in like, uh, you really need to trust your gut and then, you know, listen to the people that are closest around you because they'll be the the first ones to, because they care about you, right? And I think um, that level of care isn't going to come from any other kind of boss or bank manager or anything like, like the people that are closest to your life really genuinely want to see you succeed but they also don't want to see you fail and I remember having another friend when we were like before I decided to make the change in my strategy be more like pop-up experientially based I was going to ask my parents to like put their house up as collateral and my buddy was like you can't do this like there are some huge red flags in the numbers here this is another friend and he was like you know you really need to take a step back and fall out of love with this idea the way it's been presented. And had he not said that to me, I probably wouldn't have gone to that party being open to trying, you know, so it's, you can go back in time and relive a million conversations, but they all play a role in how you shape your perspective. And perspective, in my opinion, is one of the most powerful words and tools we can have as as entrepreneurs, because what we're saying is, there's a lot of things that have shaped and our, our decision-making process. And hopefully we've learned enough along the way to make the right decision today. 11 years later, I make decisions very differently than I made 11 years ago. And I wish I was as calm and calculated in my process. But had I been this version of myself 11 years ago, I probably would have been way more afraid of failing and making mistakes. And I think it was that fearlessness that allowed me to just kind of power through moments and and succeed inevitably super super cool and i'm so glad that you mentioned just listening to your gut which um some people say listen to that intuition that still small voice that discernment that is speaking inside of you because it's never going to steer you down the wrong path and then also like knowing who's in your circle like what are your friends doing what motivates them what inspires them Mm -hmm. and do you have the same values that they have? Because sometimes our friends that we have in high school are going to be different than our friends in college, than our friends that we have in adulthood. But you also have to make sure that they have the same 
same or similar goals and vision as you because sometimes some friends could give us really bad advice because sometimes they're deflecting instead of reflecting and seeing the good that we could, we could bring to the forefront. So Matt, for any young entrepreneur that may have hit a plateau in their career or for any up and coming entrepreneur that's eager to reach the level of success that you have currently, can you share with them some tips and tricks that um, would help ignite their flames? Well, there's no real tricks to doing it, unfortunately, right? You just got to do it. Like, that's the first thing. You need to be uh, not a talker. You need to be a doer. Uh, that, that is the first step to being an entrepreneur. You can't just say you have a great idea. You need to actually put it out there in the world and be prepared to fail on it, right? Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing is, if, uh, if you want to quit your job because you're tired of working hard and you're like, I want to be my own boss to call the shots, it's like, I hate to tell you you're gonna be working way harder as an entrepreneur than you ever worked uh, for somebody else. And guess what? Can't always guarantee yourself a paycheck too. So then there's that as well. So you need to be, excuse me, prepared to not have that stability, right? Not have that, um, like no matter what happens that, yeah, you gotta be willing to like ebb and flow with you know having a, a way more unpredictable lifestyle, unpredictable schedule. You know, there, were, there was years where I wasn't able to actually do things to my friends and family on a regular basis because I was just always working. Um, and then the last thing is you need to be prepared for people to always tell you uh, you suck and that you're gonna fail. You know, there's always gonna be someone that tries to bring you down, which was to your point, right? Like they don't even have to be friends. They can be just total strangers. I'm, uh, I'm about to go to a wedding in June and I know there's already somebody that's gonna be at this wedding that's going to be like asking me a ton of questions about my new project that I'm working on in the hopes to bring it down. And it's like, you just have to either ignore um, or, or, or use it to like prove people wrong, right? Like use that as motivation. Um, and, and I feel like for, for me personally, I'm constantly motivated by people assuming that I don't know what I'm talking about. Like that's, and, and as the years have developed, there's way less of that. So then you hit that sweet spot of entrepreneurialism, right? Where you now actually, people really trust in your opinion. People really want to hear your perspective. And they're excited to hear about the, the next steps you start to take because it's like, well, we, we saw what they did with very little resources. Imagine now when all of a sudden um, it's a little less bad, you're a little less bound to restraints and stuff. So that comes over time. And time is your best friend and your worst enemy constantly, but it's going to happen with or without you. So you just need to really learn to, you know, ebb and flow and embrace it and uh, work through your challenges. Try and keep your morals in check along the way. Have a overarching vision and ensure that everything you do goes back to that vision. Absolutely. And I will definitely add um this line from Fist Fight, the movie, let your haters be your motivators to find a trusted mentor that you could bounce ideas off of, a person that is inside of your industry that has insight. And then I would also say a person outside of your industry so they could kind of play devil's advocate and say, oh, have you thought about this? Or have you thought about that? Um, thousand percent. Oh, another good one, Matt, a SWOT analysis. 
So know what your strengths are, your weaknesses, the opportunities and the threats, and how do you set yourself apart in the sea of your competitors? Because you don't want to be like everybody else, but you want to remain authentic and true to yourself. And then totally learn, learn from your failures, because when we learn from our failures, we're able to grow. Celebrate those small wins and those big wins, because that's what's going to give you that momentum to keep on going, because we're all on this up and down roller coaster ride. And it's okay whenever Mm -hmm. you hit, hit those down moments. But there's something that needs to be learned during that down moment, just like there's something that needs to be learned at that high moment. So really think about that. And then another thing that I would um, say, if your dreams don't scare the hell out of you, it's because you're not dreaming too big. Dream big and go after your dreams. I'd rather have progression over perfection because that could always come later on in life. But you just have to be like Nike. Just do it. Start. Because if you never start, you're never going to know what you're capable of. That really is the, you know, the, the kicker. I remember my, my mom, when I was a kid, always had a ton of great ideas, um, but never knew how to see them through uh, and never, you know, she never did anything really with her career beyond like just working for, for someone else. Um, but she always had great ideas. And I always, always, I thought my mom was entrepreneurial, but then realized like, oh, wait, no, like, once she gets to a certain point, she she kind of disappears back into her shell. And that really is the difference between someone who's entrepreneurial or not, where when you get to those moments, do you push through them and tackle the obstacles or do you revert backwards and say, you know what, this is kind of intimidating and scary. Yes, absolutely. And now let's jump into our call to action part of the segment, Matt. What would you like the listeners and viewers to do once they hear your story? Do you want them to take a challenge? Do you you want them to follow you on social media, connect on your website? Find this challenge because we are here to bring education, inspiration, and motivation. Well, the best thing to do, uh, if you love hearing what you heard today, uh, visit our website, chefmattbacilli.com. You'll get everything from recipes to what's happening in our world, uh, in the business world of food. Um, you know, follow us on Instagram. That's where most of our content lives, building up that TikTok portfolio. So head on over there as well. Got to get that TikTok portfolio uh, and our YouTube channel, but all of them across the board, Chef Matt Basile. So whether you're find, finding it on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, website, Instagram, all of them, Chef Matt Basile. Um, and again, you'll, you'll go there and you'll know that I'm, it's an extension of, of who I am. I'm, I'm the same person there as I am here. I'm very passionate about food. I'm very passionate about the business of food. I love big ideas, but I love to have a great time. Amazing. And thank you so much, Chef Matt, for just coming on here and just shining your light with the audience and just talking about your journey and just overall just having a candid conversation. Listeners and viewers, all of Chef 
Matt Basile's contact information will be in the show notes. So definitely tap in and plug in with him. Also stay tuned for his new product that will be launching later on this year. And for those of you who love videos, head on over to YouTube and type at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp to see all video content. Make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We're on 40 plus platforms. And last but not least, we are looking for brand sponsors to continue the mission behind Gems, which is to bring educational topics inspiration, and motivation while we intersect the dots for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Why? Because it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. You can find out more information by going to genesisamarskemp.net and tapping on that podcast tab. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Woo! And signing out with Chef Matt Basile. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.